0: Welcome to Wisdom Today. My name is Bill Kelly, and I'll be your host. In this podcast, we will be exploring the book of Proverbs. Let's open in prayer. Father God, I thank you for anyone listening to this podcast today. Lord, I pray that you give everyone ears to hear and a heart to receive everything you have in store for them today. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Proverb 12, beginning in verse 1. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. A good man obtains favor from the Lord, but a man of wicked intentions he will condemn. A man is not established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous cannot be moved. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband. But she who causes shame is like rottenness in his bones. The thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceitful. The words of the wicked are, lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright will deliver them. The wicked are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous will stand. A man will be commended according to his wisdom but he who is of a perverse heart will be despised. Better is the one who is slighted but has a servant than he who honors himself but lacks bread. A righteous man regards the life of his animal, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. He who tills his land will be satisfied with bread, but he who follows frivolity Is devoid of understanding. The wicked covet the catch of evil men, but the root of the righteous yields fruit. The wicked is ensnared by the transgression of his lips, but the righteous will come through trouble. A man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth, and the recompense of a man's hands will be rendered to him. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. A fool's wrath is known at once, but a prudent man covers shame. He who speaks truth declares righteousness, but a false witness deceit. There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. The truthful lip shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but counselors of peace have joy. No grave trouble will overtake the righteous, but the wicked shall be filled with evil. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truthfully are his delight a prudent man conceals knowledge but the heart of fools proclaims foolishness the hand of the diligent will rule but the lazy man will be put to forced labor anxiety in the heart of man causes depression but a good word makes it glad the righteous should choose his friends carefully For the way of the wicked leads them astray. The lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting, but diligence is man's precious possession. In the way of righteousness is life, and in its pathway there is no death. Friends, I have a special treat for you today. I have Young, who is a third-year Bible College student, And Young, I'd like to thank you for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time.
1: It's an honor to be here.
0: God, thank you. We just finished a wonderful proverb, Proverb 12. And if you would, just share with us which verse you'd like to go over today.
1: It's really hard to choose one. It's like asking a parent, who is your favorite child? I can relate to every single verse, and even the first one is so powerful. Whoever loves instruction, And correction loves knowledge. And it's basically saying, be humble. You know, if you don't love it, you're stupid. So it's just saying, you know, you don't know it all. And it is wisdom to admit that. And it it prepares your heart, in a sense, to remain humble and always teachable. Because, I mean, I certainly know I don't know as much as God. And he has stuff to teach me. And I'm still learning, and it's so exciting to just continually be on this journey of of learning and growing, and not think that you have arrived.
0: Wow, that's really good. And I always like in First Peter chapter five, where Peter tells us to put on humility. Right. I just to me that's just a wonderful verse, and and it's the way we should really live our lives, young. It really is. We should humble ourselves and walk in that humility that Jesus tended to walk in. Young, some people in the audience listening today may not know who you are. If you would, please share a little bit about your growing up, especially from the fact that you come from a foreign country.
1: Well, I'm not surprised that people don't know who I am because I'm certainly not a celebrity in any sense of the word. But um, I was born in South Korea, and my parents emigrated when I was the young age of two. And from the outside looking in, we really look like the American dream. And my father was certainly pursuing the American dream. He didn't come with any wealth. He came with responsibility. I was an extra mouth to feed. He knew he was intelligent, and he had a dream. And he, had, um, he was equipped. The sad thing is, my parents did not know the Lord. So it was all on them. And that's a heavy burden. It's a heavy heavy weight. And so I grew up in a home that was all about performance. And, you know, as a daughter, I emulated my father and I wanted nothing more than to earn his love, than to earn his respect and just for him to say, well done. And sadly, because of his history and experience of the Korean War, and having grown up in poverty, frankly. The bar went higher and higher every time. And I worked so hard. And at the end of the day, in terms of my academic career, um, which was finishing Wellesley College, by that time I was angry. Actually, by the time I finished prep school in Pennsylvania, I went to a very rigorous prep school there. And I when I didn't, I figured if I got into Harvard, because my father attended the quote unquote Harvard of Korea, Seoul, which was a complete meritocracy, I figured he'd love me. But I was waitlisted. And it didn't matter what what other colleges I got into. I failed to get into Harvard. And literally, my father said, because he opened all my, my responses from college, and at that time, I just I um, applied to the top five IBs. He said, your life is over. You didn't get in anywhere. And I went to Wellesley College, completely believing him. And that was the beginning of the end of a really sad season of my life where I was just so doggone angry, where I really gave up. Despite that, I found myself in a world where by outside standards, I had everything that should make me happy. I had access to power, people with power, people with royalty, heads of state, heads of industry, famous people, I could shop anywhere. And let me tell you, if anyone has any doubt, to have everything the world has to offer without knowing Jesus, there is no greater emptiness that you can ever imagine. Because I was truly suicidal. I would rub elbows with people like, Elton John, we went to the same self-help program. I had run into Princess Diana three times in a given week. I I had tea at the palace, but none of this is fulfilling if you don't know what Jesus says about you. If you don't know, you have innate worth because he created you in his image. So it really wasn't until I got into a deep pit in my life where I experienced the love of God in such a way that I had peace for the first time in my life. Now, as I said, my parents were immigrants from, um, I don't know if I mentioned it, was from South Korea. And um, because we had no money, we were in a very dangerous neighborhood. And I don't know why, but I found myself alone a lot of the time with my younger sister who was born in America. And as a result of that, the enemy was able to steal my innocence at a very young age. I lost my innocence at five. Um, I was raped by, the man stood up because he was white. I, I was growing up at that time at a in an all African-American neighborhood. And it's really odd, well, it makes sense in terms of um spiritual laws when that happens to you you're kind of marked by hell and those same familiar spirits will find you again and that happened to me again at the age of 11 why i found myself on the bedroom my bedroom floor with an adult man sleeping next to me i don't know why but it happened again so i always i always was tormented with demons with darkness I never had peace until I experienced the love of God 19 years ago and I knew that I knew that I knew he was real as a matter of fact I think I said at the time oh crap you're real and I thought Jesus was a curse word that I would often use on the tennis court I'm very ashamed to say um but I pursued him I pursued him with all of my heart from that point on. I was rejected by my biological family. I still am, but I still have hope that they will experience the same thing. And honestly, I never had purpose as I do now. I never experienced joy as I do now. I feel like, I know my life truly began then. And even Christians, other Christians, I thought everyone was passionate about Jesus. But they would ask me, Young, how in the world do you stay so passionate about your faith? And I look at them and I say, how can you not? How can you not? Because without God, all of this is meaningless. Without a relationship with Jesus Christ, all of this is meaningless. And knowing Christ, being in Christ, and knowing that I am the righteousness of Christ on the earth, I wake up every day, I put my feet on the floor, and I can't wait to kick the enemy in his hinder parts, which is a psalm, by the way. Yeah, and that's my story, part of it.
0: Wow, that's really good. And if you would just share with us, um, how old were you when you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And how exactly did he change your life moving forward?
1: Oh, you asked me a mathematical question, and I'm probably one of the rare Asians that is not very good at math. So I'm thinking in my late 30s um, that I accepted him. So I, I, according to the Barna numbers, I'm an outlier because I did not receive the Lord in my teens or in my earlier years. I'm so grateful I did, though. Um and what was your the second part of your question?
0: How did that begin to change your life once oh, it, you did that?
1: It changed my life in every way because for the first time in my life I had meaning. I had purpose every every day. I was on this journey of knowing that I was loved and I was valuable according to, you know, 1 Corinthians 126. The Lord rarely calls those who are of royalty, are strong, are mighty, um, the noble. Because all of us know our dark side. All of us know in the depths of our soul where we have fallen short of the mark of the Lord. And we disqualify ourselves, therefore, from the purposes that He has for us, The what He says about us. But It's that very reason that we are qualified because of our weaknesses, because of our failure. There is no greater teacher than failure. And I get, I'm so excited every day because it's an adventure. It's this love story with Jesus every day. What do you have in store for me? It's not from works. It's not from obligation. It's from this amazing gratitude. I'm so thankful that by your mercy and grace, I am born again and I know you and I'm discovering more about you every day and I'm discovering more about who you say I am every day and there's no greater joy.
0: Well, you know, In Nehemiah 8.10, you know, it says, The joy of the Lord is my strength. I
1: love Nehemiah.
0: And Nehemiah was such an adventurer, you know. He built that wall, I Mm -hmm. believe it was in 52 days. And with one hand, he was using a tool, and the other hand, he had a weapon. Right. Because everybody was against them. Right. But after they finished that wall... He came to the realization and he told the people, he said, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Now go out and proclaim it. And oh, he's such a great adventurer. But if you would, Young, I have so much to talk about being a CARIS student. And I know you're a third year person. So let's get right into first year. Did you take it in Colorado? Or... Yes, I took it
1: there. Okay, so you've been
0: here three years. So, you're, you know... I think you came here and when you first came I'm sure it was revelatory for you. Wow, this is real. So tell tell us about first year and how that changed your life.
1: Well, first of all, I have a really funny story about even coming here because at that time before I came, my life was nothing like I expected. All my hopes and dreams exploded. My life had imploded, exploded, every adjective you could use. And one day I ran into a sister in Christ and she said, darling, if I were in your situation, I'd go somewhere like Karis Bible college and be with like-minded folk and heal. And truly the spirit just jumped with joy inside of me. And I said, Oh my gosh, Kristen, I think that's a word of the Lord. Now, mind you, I didn't know who Andrew Womack was. I, I'm like, what's a womack? Is that an Australian land animal? I had been rolling in completely different circles, if you will, and I thought, you know, I would be sent to Reading or, or, you know, Mozambique. Not, where's Woodland Park, Colorado? So, but once I know, I mean, and I'm so grateful that I'm wired like this, Once I know it's the word of the Lord, I run. And I don't mind what I have to go through to get there. I know it's God. But interestingly enough, while doing communion, Holy Spirit said, take your mother. I was like, oh, that that must be the devil. But it wasn't. You know, but how many people know that obedience is greater than sacrifice? And we don't always understand the Lord's ways. And oftentimes it's not our part or season to understand, but to be obedient, it, it, is, it gives delight to the Lord. So I obeyed and I came here and I had no idea what I was in for, but I must say, for those of you that don't know about Karis Bible College, bar none, the first year curriculum particularly is so amazing. Because if you have any ounce of religiosity inside of your soul, it should run for the woods. And hopefully you won't follow it. But I sat in Carrie Pickett's class, The Love of God, while just waves and waves of His love washed over me, complete with tears. And, you know, I thought I had waterproof eyeliner on, but apparently it wasn't waterproof but wow it i came with a shattered soul and i must say god the ultimate heart surgeon healed my soul through those courses and sitting under the word of god and sitting under these amazing leaders of the faith such as andrew and care and the, the list goes on it's such an honor
0: well, wow, that's really good. And and Young, my, my, I changed my favorite verse um last year when we came here. And we took first semester online. We got here in January. But once I changed my favorite verse to Romans 8, 6, to be carnally minded is death. Yes. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And, you know, when I first met you last year, you know, I was appreciative of the fact that I could tell right away, you know, it's so easy to see if somebody's being led by the Spirit, you can see it in their eyes. And I see it when I see you. I saw it from the first time I ever laid my eyes on you. And just explain to the audience how having the peace of God can just totally just, it just changes you as an individual.
1: Oh my goodness, well first of all, peace, the Hebrew word being shalom, is represented in Hebrew with four pictures. And I've been chewing on this for two and a half years. The first picture is sharp teeth, meaning to destroy, to utterly annihilate. The second picture is shepherd's rod, meaning all authority. The third is tent peg, meaning attached to. And the fourth is ocean, meaning chaos. So our portion, as sons and daughters of the Most High God, is to walk in the peace of Shalom while we allow the Lord God Almighty to utterly annihilate all authority attached to chaos in our hearts and in our lives. That is just so powerful. That that is not weak at all. That has a depth to it that one cannot even begin to describe, but when you walk in the faith of receiving that fully, it's kind of like trying to get a hold of, you know, your salvation, the fullness of your salvation. Wow, what God does for us all the time, when we allow, when we allow him, goes with, out words it's without measure he his love is so great because he he is love and it's so multifaceted like I said before it's this amazing romantic journey of knowing your God and learning what he says about you and how he created you to be alive in this time on purpose and how in love he is with you. Did I answer the question?
0: Yeah, that's really good. I'm I'm thinking, you know, what you bring to mind, Esther, um, I think it's chapter 14, where it says, you know, we were born for such, such a, a time times. as this, yeah. and and Esther's such another another great oh, book another of the Bible. Great but um, Young, you know, I, I couldn't help but notice last year, we, we're doing praise and worship, and you just have a uh, a gift in, in my eyes that you you look for people to uh, make give a word over and if you would just share with us how um, obviously you wanted that gift and God has given you that if you would just just go over that a little bit and how God prepared you for that
1: hmm I I don't know if I wanted the gift when I first was born again and baptized in the Holy Spirit I actually had a a girlfriend a sister in faith who had such an enormous gift prophetic gift so I thought hers was this mighty gift and I had this midget gift and let me tell you all that's not true you have the same Holy Spirit in you that rose Jesus Christ from the dead so don't waste time believing that lie but as I grew and accepting this this gift of prophecy and being a prophet, um, I just started to run with it. And because the enemy has killed, has robbed, has stolen so much from me and my family, I'm telling you, this is payback. So when I'm in worship and the Holy Spirit highlights someone, and how it works with me is he'll... He'll give me maybe the beginning of a sentence or a, or a picture or a sensation. But he'll highlight someone. And I have to keep my mind out of it because that might keep me from being obedient. And I just, once I start to give the word, the rest of it just flows. And it'll often, most likely, go to places that, I have no idea about but you know it's not about me anyway it's about the Lord wanting to show his love and his purposefulness is to someone that that needs that encouragement
0: well that's really good and and young I think you know as well as I do that once you step out in faith and begin using a gift that God has placed on your heart, you will eventually continue to grow in that gift. If you would, share that with the audience, how using and applying what you've learned and just stepping out in faith, how that can make even the the giftings you have even greater.
1: Well, the analogy I always use, because I've always been very active and athletic in my life, is um, working out. And I also am a trained as a dancer. And so if you don't use a muscle, it will atrophy. And you'll just become weaker. But as you continue to use and challenge that muscle, and with each level comes pain, um, you get stronger. But if you don't use it, you lose it. So that really is the truth. and And also, the more you step out, your, your joy in co-laboring with Holy Spirit, which is just really such a doggone honor, isn't it? That the God of the universe wants to co-labor with you to touch someone's heart, to change their life, to maybe change their eternity, is just such an honor. So I just get a kick out of it. And God has got a great sense of humor, He's just so full of life, and he wants so much to share the joy of you with you. And that really, what it's what it's a romantic dance.
0: Well, that's really good. I'm I'm going to go quickly back to the Old Testament for a change, and in the book of Isaiah, chapter six, you know, and it says, "Whom shall I send?" Isaiah said, "Here am I. Send me." And for anyone listening today, and if you have that. uh, that feeling that God can't use you, I'm here to tell you God is willing to use anyone who makes themselves usable. Mm -hmm. And I think if you put yourself in that position, Young, God will open up doors for you that you personally cannot open. Your thoughts on that?
1: Amen. I mean, I'm always encouraged to know, and and the Word proves it, Scripture proves it, the lord can has used a donkey mm-hmm. so if he can use a donkey he can use me praise god so i find that a great source of encouragement and so therefore i step out i step out and you're all you, you're never disappointed it's it's just like when you show up to exercise class or when you show up to work out you never regret it you feel Better for it, even despite or or maybe even because of the sore muscles, because they remind you you're alive and that you did something today. And even the world without God knows, boy, to do something challenging or hard every day is is a wonderful thing. It's it's so life-giving. And the same is true in our walk with the Lord the very same thing is true. Wow,
0: that's really good. Now, Young, if you would, let's go to second year, because second year, you begin to apply what you learned in first year, and we had what is called IAGs, that's interactive groups, and I'm sure that was a revelation to you, because for for the first time, now you're getting to share the Word of God with your fellow classmates. Tell the people how important that was to you and how you grew when you began to share the word of God?
1: Yeah, I'm an extra extrovert. So a lot of people just assume that I had no problem with the IAGs and getting up in front of my peers to share a revelation or, or even how I got to Kareth. That's, that's true to a certain degree. But when you're standing before your peers that's probably the most challenging situation that anyone could find themselves in and having grown up in a family that was so full of judgment and performance and perfectionism that wasn't necessarily a comfortable place for me so i had i forced myself to just trust the lord and give it to him and say hey This isn't about me. This is about you. And it was just a wonderful application of the Word of God because I was put in a position to truly rely upon Holy Spirit for the Word and for it to be received by my peers in my class who happened to be in my group. And also in second year, they send you on a mission trip. And you get to apply practical application of the things that you have been learning. So it's just not all about mental ascent. It's about actually putting your feet to the ground, walking it out with another precious soul in front of you or, or perhaps many, if you're giving a word or a message, and trusting the Lord to, to do the heavy lifting. But you just have your, your heart right and show up. So second year is amazing. And um, I happened to go to Alaska for my mission trip and we had so many opportunities to minister. There were homeless shelters everywhere, including there. Um, sports arena. Now there's something very surreal when you walk into a sports arena filled with homeless people in every situation, capacity. So um, second year is profoundly growing, if you will.
0: Yeah, well, we're headed to Alaska, and we're going to be going to the same place you did in uh, three and a half weeks, and we're certainly looking forward to it. I'm
1: excited for you guys.
0: well I, I, I you know, and, and we're going with will Royer and uh, and Josie Yankee, who went last year as well. Did you go with her? Okay, but anyway, young you're now in third year, and you're in practical government, and I really want you to share your heart oh. with what you've learned. Um, you're free. I'm just gonna go ahead and just share.
1: I really don't know if I can do it justice, but the first word is so important. Practical government. And some might find that an oxymoron, but it really isn't. If you love this country, if you're a citizen of this nation, I believe everyone should take this course. I went in as an immigrant who loves this country, who was natu- natu- naturalized when my parents became citizens. And what's, so, what's unique about practical government is that we sit under leaders and um, experts from so many different fields, and they're not ne- necessarily teachers. But this cross-pollinization of experience, of wisdom, of uh, world view, has been so profound. And I, frankly, at this point, have zero interest in running for a political position. But I do feel incredibly equipped to be able to support someone on their campaign, be of service to someone a righteous leader we so many people i get angry righteously angry perhaps at folks who said well that's just so dirty i don't like politics and i just pray well if you're a citizen of the united states you need to vote and you need to I would hope that you would want to have a an informed vote. And when you divorce yourself from the political process of voting, um, your right to even preach the gospel may be quickly evaporating. So, you know, the, the separation of church and state wasn't to protect government from the church, but totally the other way around. It was to protect the church from the overbearing hand of government. So when you learn the original intent of our of our wise forefathers in the Declaration of Independence and in writing our Constitution, which, by the way, most constitutions have an a- average age of 17 years. The Constitution of the United States of America is at least 275 years old. And... It's based upon Biblical principles the, and the unalienable rights of the individual. Those are God-given, and our forefathers knew that, and they deeply wanted to protect that. Because absolute power corrupts absolutely. It happens just every time. You know, communist and, communism and socialism works never. So it it grieves my heart to see this younger generation that takes for granted, perhaps, the freedoms with which they were reared. But I just want to say here out loud that not on my watch will this great nation fall off the cliff of socialism. I don't have grandchildren yet, but I want them to experience the United States of America, that attracted my immigrant parents to come from South Korea for the American dream. And what is innate in the American dream is the God that founded this nation on a covenant with his people. So yes, I believe everyone should take practical government. But I'm biased.
0: Well, that's good, Young, and, and I can't, um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to close without giving you an opportunity to share. Now, you met Gary, who you recently married, you know, and... and almost a year
1: ago. Almost, almost a year, a year ago.
0: ago. Go ahead and talk about, Gary, the love of your life, and, and how being married just changes you as well.
1: Now, I was married before. Oh. I was married before. And um, unfortunately, unequally yoked, and I was eventually released by the Lord, which some people might have, you know, theological issues with that. But um, so that's part of the reason why I came here so shattered. And I knew I had to work on my heart and receive more of more revelation of God's love for me. I wasn't looking for a husband Clearly, and um, I knew that I would we only attract the level of maturity and wholeness that we ourselves have so I knew I had to like look in the mirror and work on myself so my prayer was Lord thank you for my future husband and preparing him for me thank you for preparing my heart for him thank you that we'll, we will meet in your perfect timing and thank you Lord that we won't miss each other so while I wasn't looking, um, Gary had been attending several of the conferences at Karis Bible College, and I was volunteering. And I happened, not, no, there was no such thing as happen or uh, happenstance, right? The Lord purposed that I sat ne- right next to his spiritual parents. And as it happened, I had a word for them, I had a word for Gary, and just one thing led to another. Um, And even though we didn't do it perfectly, the Lord just had His way, and my prayers were answered. And February 20th, last year, we got married, and I never knew how being married to the one that God purposes for you could just heal the depths of your soul, could be just such a gift that keeps on giving could just be an ongoing joy and, and really, really easy. I never knew life, married life could be this easy. So I'm just eternally grateful to Karis, um, the leaders, the people that I've met here. Um, we Gary and I actually call Woodland Park, Colorado now our home. And um, we go all over the world and Kick the devil in his hinder parts.
0: Wow, that's so good. I'm going to go to the book of Ecclesiastes. And, you know, that was written by Solomon, who also wrote Proverbs, who is arguably the wisest person who ever lived. But in chapter 4, they talk about, like, the triangle, and the husband and wife are at the bottom, and God is at their head. How important is to you, young, knowing that, because I'm sure there has been some growing pains in your marriage i'm sure from time to time you have disagreements how is it that god is in charge and all you have to do is seek him and things will go well your thoughts on that
1: well honestly we haven't had any growing pains um there was one moment where um i i and i hate this term to be triggered uh but my past was coming back and and Um, In my internal world. And nothing on the external would even have um, given you any idea about that. But I realized that my internal response to what had been occurring on the outside was completely incongruous. And so I just asked the Lord, like, what is this about? And so Holy Spirit answered me and I was able to, for the first time in my life, which is almost embarrassing because I I know I am an intelligent woman, but when you have been reared with lies and just being told that you're nothing, and etc cetera, etc, cetera, and if you buy into them, it, it that's your reality, that's your your perspective. But when you're growing in the Lord and you're you're believing who He says you are, you have a voice and. I expressed myself to my amazing husband. I said, and it was just, it, it healed the depths of my soul because he took my face, cupped, the, cupped my face in his hands and said, Young, I am so sorry that I caused that response in you. I promise you it will never happen again. And he is a man of his word. And I can't tell you what it did to the depths of my soul. And really, that's been our only moment. And that was the only reason we had that moment was because of my history.
0: Well, you know, I'm going to go to Proverbs 18, And I know this isn't referring to you, but, but it says, He who finds a wife finds a treasure. And I know that Gary looks at you as that. But I mean, I think... God will give you the desires of your heart. It says that in Psalm 37, 4. And if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. And I'm thankful for you that God has answered your prayers. I think it's been a blessing to you. And I think and I'm declaring that you and Gary have great things in store for you and are going to really have real structure and real power moving forward. If you would, I know you guys went to Africa over Christmas, and let's close with this. Go ahead and share some of your uh, what the, the, the most powerful things that you got from Africa.
1: Oh, wow. We are part of a tribe, a home church, if you will, called the Desperados. Um, the 501c3 is called Second Chance Ministries. And we supernaturally got connected with um, a pastor there, Dennis, who reached out to us. And virtually, over the internet, um, we started ministering to Dennis, and he was taking care of orphans and widows, which most of you know are is, is biblical. And we the the miracles and the testimonials that were coming forward from this virtual ministry was profound, including ministering to the chiefs of the area of Kenya um, to the point where their relatives, the one chief's granddaughter was, was healed and she had previously been so, um, disabled that she couldn't get out of bed and she was healed and was able to walk and so chiefs who are politicians started going around and proclaiming the power of jesus christ and how he heals for free and if anyone needed healing or any other need that they should go to our children's home where there were services and get healed for free as opposed to um they do have a medical. They do have doctors there, but there is no safety net. So everyone who virtually is poor to begin with has to borrow money to um, get, you know, to get uh, medical attention, or they give all their money to the witch doctor, and they either get worse or, at the bare minimum, don't get healed at all. So we felt called to go. We were there for three weeks. A minimum of 11,000 people were ministered to, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and healed of whatever condition was trying to exalt itself above the name of Jesus Christ, which includes, not limited to, Ebola, stomach tumors, so many were in the act of trying to kill themselves, and they were arrested by the Holy Spirit, and then they felt a need to go give thanks somewhere. Trauma from rape, all kinds of other cancers, leprosy, you name it, it was healed. And um, it was profound and humbling to be a part of this. And what was so amazing, we were honored by the chiefs who said, we know that you're going to be safe because the Lord protects you. And we know you're going to, you know, you're going to be safe, but we're going to give you our security detail so that the people know you have our authority and approval wherever you go. And that was amazing. And let me just tell you, security detail is kind of cool um i i just can't give enough credit um to God about how amazing he is, how good he is. Now there were I never felt fear, but there were a minimum of 350 witch doctors who came with an assignment to kill us. But the wor- the Lord went before us and he was our rear guard. And by their own testimonial of these witch doctors, they found that while they were in our meetings, we did 19 meetings in 21 days, they could not speak and they could not move. And they realized that the power of Jesus Christ was greater than the power than they were exercising. And so they got baptized in the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues and handed over all their paraphernalia and gave their hearts to the Lord and then confessed what their consi- assignment was. So, God is amazing. It, there is nothing boring about this Christian walk. Um, and I, and I can encourage you more, those of you that are listening, God is real. He's more real than anything you can see, feel, or touch. He loves you more than you can imagine. And he's got things planned for you that you can't even begin to hope for. So just go for it. Place your entire life on that altar and trust him with it because he's trustworthy. He is safe. And our father is a good, good father. And I just bless you all for listening. I hope this touched your heart, and gave you encouragement because you are worthy, you are welcome, and you are necessary in this precious hour on this earth. We need you to take up your part of the wall. Bill alluded to Nehemiah. We need you to take your part your part of the wall because others need you so that they won't end up in hell. They won't end up completely deceived. So God bless you, one and all.
0: Young, I'm gonna go ahead and ask one more favor. Go ahead and and lead anyone who doesn't know Jesus. Invite them in to say a prayer.
1: Well, if you don't know Jesus and you want to know Jesus, just open your heart and say, Jesus, I, I trust you. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And I and I need you. You know your story, and he does too. And he's been waiting for you with open arms. And I just encourage you to take a deep breath in right now of Holy Spirit, deep in every cell of your body, and just say, come, come, abide in me, and accept him. Accept his love and nothing will ever be the same again. I bless you.
0: Thank you, Youngs. You've been such a blessing, and, and I know the audience has been blessed. Friends, if you said that prayer, or if you have any questions about what you heard today, reach out to me on my Facebook page, Bill Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y, and if you have any specific questions, reach out to me on Messenger. Now may the Lord bless you, and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Friends, please join me again tomorrow as we further explore wisdom today.